0: On to the fourth round where the New York Giants selected Darnay Holmes, cornerback out of UCLA. We are going to be breaking him down for you here on the Chris and Joe show. I'm Joe DeLeon joined by Chris Blum as always the source for Giants film analysis and breakdown here on the Big Blue View Radio Network, a part of SB Nation. So we are going to be going in on the fourth pick by the Giants, the fourth guy drafted after we did the Matt Perk breakdown. Now we're talking about Darnay Holmes, who was a bit of an under-the-radar guy, a guy that was not really expected or On the uh, radar of us when we were talking about this pre-draft process, but nonetheless, he is now a New York Giant. We're going to fill you in on what you need to know about Holmes, how he fits with this team, and his possible potential to turn into a potential starter and impact player for this Giants team. Just to go over a quick overview before we start breaking him down, Chris, he's 5'10", 195, a very small, compact corner, ran a 4.48, which is pretty fast. Not elite speed, but still, if you're running a 4.4, that's pretty quick. The big thing that's really concerning here, though, Chris, is, is those 29 and a half inch arms, and it seems like that was a big cause for some of his limitations when battling some of these taller receivers because he just did not have that length. So like, what what does it really mean when you see a guy that has sub-30 inch arms?
1: Well, depending on the team, it means they're not even going to be on their draft board. There are some teams, particularly teams that kind of either are the Seattle Seahawks or have coaches from the Seahawks coaching tree or want to build their defense in that mold they love long corners they they specifically target corners whose arms are 32 inches or longer just because it gives them that much more of a reach that much more of an ability to disrupt at the catch point to last year we kind of coined a term that kind of the opposite of a catch radius a catch denial radius you know if having long arms gives a corner just that much more area he can cover and even just getting a, getting a fingertip on the ball to deflect it at the last second that can be important and that can really swing a drive one way or the other and having short arms the corner has to be closer he can't play around a receiver as well. It opens him up to pass interference calls. It makes it easier for a quarterback to kind of flight the ball over his head and really over his arms. Really kind of limits the area in which the corner can be effective. And then it also if they're in man coverage, particularly press man, it's harder for them to get an effective jam, kind of similar to how you like a, an offensive tackle to have long arms so he can beat the beat the edge rusher or the pass rusher and get his hands on him first so it makes it a little bit more difficult for the corner to disrupt at the line of scrimmage
0: that arm length is going to be very important for what we're talking about today which is why we opened up with discussing it because when you have shorter arms and you're you're under Five foot eleven as a corner, it really pigeonholes you as a player and what you can do to contribute for a defense. So we're going to get into that a little bit here. Uh, before we do, though, just in terms of production, Darnay Holmes in 2019 had two interceptions and six passes defense. So, Chris, you already started to really expand on this issue, which when we watch him in pass coverage, which is really the only thing we're going to be breaking down here because as a corner, while it's important to be able to play the run and tackle and all that stuff your your biggest money maker as a corner is going to be what you do covering guys on passing downs that is the main Priority And when we're talking about breaking down a player, he's not a safety, he's a corner. But because of his height and his size, it really makes him a liability against some of these taller receivers. And he was playing on the outside for UCLA. And I was watching him match up against some guys that were over six foot, uh, some that were over 6'2", and he was just too small to really keep up with him, uh, with guys like that in contested situations. But besides that though, Chris, I honestly think that he has pretty good ball skills when he's facing off against these littler receivers these guys that are around his height maybe six foot and lower he has pretty good ball skills and the speed to stick with these guys which really makes him better off as a slot corner rather than someone that's going to play on the outside
1: yeah he will pretty much immediately be in the mix for the Giants' slot corner position and that's a position the giants have struggled to fill lately they tried grant haley he was kind of we'll we'll go with uneven yeah, He he looked promising as an undrafted rookie and then, I think it's safe to say, kind of took a step back last year. They tried Sam Beal. They tried Corey Ballantyne. Those guys didn't really work out at the position. And really, slot can be a very difficult position to play because the guy you're lining up against is going to be off the line of scrimmage. You can't get your hands on him early. And they're usually the... Quickest and sharpest route runners the offense has. So it's a tough matchup, but there it does kind of protect Holmes. It, it does kind of hide Holmes's size a little bit, and it does play to his intelligence. And like you said, he does have good ball skills. You mentioned the uh, two, interse- two interceptions and six passes defense this year. Back in 2018, he had three interceptions and eight passes defensed, as well as two forced fumbles. So he can be disruptive at the catch point. He can affect the passing game like that, and he will probably have his best chance to do so as a slot corner.
0: Yeah, when I saw from him and the good plays that he made, there were instances across the middle of the field on shorter routes uh, against these smaller receivers where he could really keep up with them. And I see a guy that's really aggressive. I see a guy that's willing to scrap and and, and make plays and and get uh, dirty, if you will, and not afraid of contact. He'll come in. He'll fight you. He might not have uh, you know the the hip fluidity and all that stuff that you want in an outside corner, but because of his style of play, I think he does project very well as a, a contributing s- a slot corner because he has that aggressiveness. He has that like I said, that feistiness to go against some of these smaller receivers that might not be as heavy. So he might not have that size to bully guys, but he has that attitude, that approach, that mentality to give some of these smaller, lighter receivers a hard time and make things difficult for them um, in those tight situations. And if he needs to track any of those guys on a a post or a go route, anything like that, a streak – I, he has that speed because he ran a sub 4 540 in that 44 4 range he, he's he's a very 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 quick athlete but overall does not have that hip fluidity that you want and he's a bit tight hipped was a big thing that you and I noticed
1: yeah that really is I think the concern with him now it's worth mentioning he did suffer an ankle injury early in the season it cost him his first two games and we can't really know how much it impacted him this year we d- you do see his stats take a bit of a take a bit of a step back compared to the year before we don't know if that is because of the injury just because he missed two games if quarterbacks were going elsewhere or just the fact that these things are at least a little bit random you know they can happen in bunches and you know it, it's things like interceptions are it's difficult to predict from one year to the next, whether or not a player is going to have them or is not going to have them. So it's just, I think it's just worth noting that he had that injury, but even so his lower body fluidity was definitely a question. He looked legitimately stiff at times on tape enough so that I kind of sort of wondered if a safety conversion might not be in the cards for him. Even accounting for an ankle injury, he struggled, and I thought he struggled at the NFL scouting combine, to really unlock his hips, to open up, and that does kind of limit him a little bit in being able to turn and run because even though he has good speed to keep up with vertical routes, he can give up separation, and he has to be very aggressive trying to stay in phase. So that can also limit him just because he has to turn and unlock his hips very early in the route. That does kind of give the uh, initiative, I suppose you could say, to the wide receiver.
0: In terms of other notable traits, obviously covering guys in passing situations isn't the only thing you need to talk about. The only thing that really stood out to me, though, is that despite being a smaller corner and we, we see this with these smaller guys that they're not really um, fans of making contact. But I will say he's a very willing tackler. He's a consistent tackler for, again, a smaller player that is a corner. And, I, you know, he's not going to be making a ton of plays against the run, but y- you see him when he's in those situations where he has to make a tackle. He's not letting a ton of guys slip past him, and he's there to make that play, and he's not afraid to chase guys down and make those plays to stop any further progression.
1: Yeah, that – really works right in with that aggressive mindset you mentioned and if he does transition into the slot he is going to see a lot more running plays like that where he's not on outside contain or anything like that he will be in the thick of the the thick of the action with the run game a lot more than if he was on the outside and being a willing tackler even if he's not a great tackler at least being willing is a plus getting in being helping the defense rally to the ball those are all good things because you know we we saw a lot especially last year where the corners would you know, kind of make some business decisions with respect to the run game or run after catch situations and having a guy who is willing to get involved get his hands dirty that makes a difference
0: for the second half of the show we are going to talk about things Holmes needs to improve on, as well as his ceiling and also his floor as a player on this Giants team. But before we get to that, we're going to take a really short commercial break. Any prospect, and again, I say this, every show has things that they need to work on, especially a fourth rounder like Darnay Holmes. But Chris, when you and I were trying to come up with some good things that he really needs to work on, we really found ourselves talking about physical limitations it's it's tough for Holmes and he's a very smart player he's scrappy he has the right mentality that you need in a smaller corner but it seems like there's not really much that he can work on without needing to improve on his his physical qualities because he's fast but he doesn't have good hips Um, he's got short arms all of those things seem to be really holding him back back as a prospect so that being said though for the Giants to really unlock what He needs to do to succeed, they need to match him up with smaller receivers. They need to find opportunities to get him against these small, compact guys. And I just want to highlight an example of where, against Oklahoma two seasons ago, with Kyler Murray playing against UCLA, he was covering Marquise Hollywood Brown, and he had a very good game that game. He was able to stay pretty close with him. He had a couple. Um, Nice balls that were batted down and then he even had a pick while very closely tracking Marquise Brown So putting him in situations against these smaller speedier receivers. I think that's really gonna uh, Create good opportunities for him to do better than he did at UCLA
1: Yeah, Holmes's game is probably going to be very cerebral because as you said he's Not gonna get any taller his arms really aren't going to get any longer and you can work on improving fluidity and flexibility, but you know some of it is just down to attachment points and how you are put together. And that, uh, barring radical surgery, that's just not going to change. So, he's going to have to wor- really concentrate on being savvy with his game, uh, g- getting to be really good at learning angles, learning offensive concepts, getting so he knows where the ball is going to go before the quarterback releases it. And then when he's in coverage, and this is you know, something every cornerback should be getting better at and should be working on, is learning how to cheat without getting caught. You know, that is just something that, like, Darrell Revis was the master of it. You know, even though he was a phenomenal athlete and really the best cornerback of his generation, part of what made him so good was he knew how to interfere with wide receivers without getting caught. You know, he knew how to be subtle and disguise what he was doing. So he could cover receivers more tightly keep them from doing precisely what they wanted to do, but do so in a way where he just was not going to get flagged. And that is a little bit harder now than it was in years past. But particularly for a corner who has some physical limitations like Holmes, that is an area where he can study, he can work, and he can improve and that could help give him just a little bit more of an edge, especially as teams start to use big slot receivers, not just small, quick guys, but some slot receivers who are like 6'2", six, 6'3". Six,
0: and Holmes is a smart player. We, we know that from his work ethic. The the one notable story that I was able to find on him is that he enrolled early at UCLA, which is not an easy college to uh, perform well at because of its academic prowess and he was able to graduate in three years while also playing football so he's a hard-working guy I, I think that he's smart enough to figure some of those things out now in terms of ceiling and floor for what he can mean for this Giants team I think the most realistic ceiling Chris is just him stepping in and being the the week in and week out starting nickel corner and I don't I don't see enough from him to really say, oh, he's going to be a, a top 10 or a top five corner like we're projecting for some of these other guys that we talked about with Perrett Thomas, and McKinney, but I think that's pretty good to get out of your fourth round pick, getting a guy that starts every single week, not perfect, about average, and, and good enough to stay in there for a, for a few seasons past his first contract. That's a pretty good contribution from a, from a guy like Holmes because he has that intelligence, he has that mentality, and he I think he has what it takes to potentially turn into a nickel corner for this Giants team.
1: Yeah, and I think he will pretty much immediately be in the mix for the Giants' starting nickel corner position, which really anymore in the NFL, slot corner, nickel corner, that is a starting job. You know, That really isn't a sub-package anymore. That is most teams' base defense. And part of that, I think, is a statement about this about the position for the Giants in general you know like we said at the start they have struggled to fill that role for a few years now and Holmes will pretty much immediately be in competition with Grant Haley with Sam Beal I think he's got a, a fighting chance of getting there and again just based on his intelligence his ball skills all of those things I think he does have a legitimate shot at winning that battle.
0: For Holmes, his floor, though, if we're talking about what is worst possible case, uh, you know, what we can get out of him at the bare minimum, and I think it's fair to say because of his physical limitations, this is very possible. But at the same time, what we know about his work ethic um, based on stories and citations from other sites is that I think that at the very worst possible, we can get a guy that ends up being a special teamer a go-to special teams player, uh, even has some kick return ability. He had a 93-yard touchdown at one point in his career at UCLA, but probably maybe there's a chance that he doesn't stick around for his first, for, after his first contract, just sticks around for a few years, is good enough, and does the right things enough to be a special teams contributor. Maybe he sticks around after that if the Giants want to keep bringing back guys like that, and Joe Judge is still around and intent on keeping um, the, those special teams type players. So I, I don't think that's... Terribly unrealistic, and I don't think he's going to get cut this season or in the next few seasons. But just as a special teams contributor, again, not a terrible thing to get from a guy that's drafted in the fourth round.
1: No, and that's kind of where that's kind of an outcome you have to start taking into account once you get to the third day of the draft. You know, it is, you should be expecting consistent contributions from your first rounder, second rounder, and your third rounders. But once you start getting to the third day, that's when you have to start looking at it as, okay, if we can get regular contributions from guys here, that's great. But if we can get them to be special teamers, guys who can cover kicks and punts, uh, go out on the hands team, because you know, we know we that he does have good ball skills, You know, maybe be a protector or something like that on a return team, or perhaps be a returner. That is, I think, an acceptable floor for the third day.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty good floor. And again, I don't think that he'll end up getting cut in these first few years. I think that he fits that that mold of uh, locker room atmosphere that the Giants are trying to work towards, that Joe Judge wants, that Dave Gettleman wants, hardworking kid, and that he's going to be able to contribute in some fashion. Now, maybe he's so limited by his physical traits that he doesn't get on the field and isn't able to to perform well enough uh, as that nickel corner, maybe he's a bit more of a backup. That's going to be it for us, though, folks, on today's show. Thank you for tuning in, as always. Uh, Be sure to rate and subscribe wherever you are listening to us, and also make sure you go follow us on social media. It's at BigBlueView. You can follow me at Joe DeLeon. You can follow Chris at Raptor. M K I I we're going to continue chugging away here on these draft picks and breaking down and analyzing the guys that you want to know about the Giants drafted and how they're going to fit with this team and we're going to continue to dive into the to the day three picks as there are a ton of them for the next few shows all the way into June our next guy is going to be Mr. Shane Lemieux offensive guard and center out of Oregon.